You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. The, th- the things we do for you listeners, we've just turned our ceiling fan off because it is right above the microphone and I was looking at the peak and valleys or whatever they're called on the uh, program that records it and uh, it was making a lot of noise so we're going to be hot a lot of invisible so noise um, okay so it's um, what are you trying to make them feel bad I yeah. hate that shit they, who cares feel bad sacrifice. feel bad for us <laughs> um, it's uh, Saturday July the 10th 2010 and this is after the show number 130 this week we're going to be looking at the movie Hot Tub Time Machine uh, on Blu-ray disc. This is a 2010 movie, 2010 Blu-ray release. It's It was out on Blu-ray Tuesday the 29th of June. Uh, it's out on Blu-ray and DVD. It's an unrated and theatrical version all on the same disc. It's from our friends at Fox and MGM. It's like both. And uh, Here it comes. You're going to tell us what it's about. Okay. I think the title might explain it. Yes. <laughs> End of summation. <laughs> Some dudes get in the hot tub because they go to a resort to have a good time because one of their friends... Well, they're not really that close to friends anymore, but, uh-uh. you know, it's 2010, grown men, go to a resort they used to go to in, in the 80s when they had great times when they were young. Uh, they get in the hot tub. It turns out to be a time machine. They go back in the 80s. This is a true story. It is a true story. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then they are meant to either resolve or not resolve or mess with or not mess with, you know, the space-time continuum, as we've all come to call it. But there's no science talk or anything, I'm just saying. And um, it's just about yeah, you just looking back. just tried to explain it at one point. Like, looking back, you know, on your life, regrets, mistakes, why am I, you know, and we all, you know, it's uh, good to tap into, I guess, if we're sliding into the movie now. Yeah, so uh, That's my summation. let's go into the movie. Okay, so when I uh, received this movie and saw the cover, uh, I immediately thought this is probably like just some obnoxious The Hangover or something. You know, I thought The Hangover was good. Everybody uh, seemed to love it. I didn't watch it. The Brad. most, uh, the best movie ever, apparently, according to uh, most ever. People. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, I thought it was just some obnoxious type. I didn't know... I know it was Hot Tub Time Machine. I didn't know really what... what I, as far as I knew, they went back to prehistoric times. So I didn't know where they That were. isn't true, because we saw a trailer and we saw them go back to the 80s. I didn't see the trailer. We did. We saw it on the beginning of something somewhere we went. Huh. Well, I don't, we remember, I don't recall it. <laughs> you blanked I, I blanked it, out. it on my mind completely. You so it out. I thought it was something like Land of the Lost. They went back to some... You really thought that? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when... They landed in the 1980s, which which they do in this movie. I was pleasantly surprised because the, obviously the 80s um, was when you and I were. It's, so this movie. We go back to 1986, and that's the year I graduated from high school. So it was basically the age and of it's them. And the, I graduated. 85. In 85, so it's around the time. I mean, the music and the fashions even transcend to a British person. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. it was all. So um, I, was oh, I should have recommended that one movie we watched with the kids. It was in the eighties at that school, and the two young dudes. The kid lived at the old people's home with his shitty brother. He's British, and then the kids like. Oh yeah, what was that? 
That was really good. It was set in the 80s, but we said it was really subtle, but it was just right. It really... What was that? I don't know. It was really good, though. Do you? But anyway, we'll move on. You'll think of it, or one of us will think of it. Rambo. <laughs> ah, Son of Rambo. Son of Rambo. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, I just saw a kid with a Yeah, that was, that's right. And it's not Rambo like Rambo, but... B-O-W. But it's, it is about really Rambo. good. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, that particular... Let's talk about that one instead. <laughs> yeah, that's a good recommendation. <laughs> So anyway, um, Hot Tub Time Machine, um, I didn't know what to expect, and I had heard a few comments on Twitter that it was um, ass, but it was actually, I thought it was fun. Um, I'm not think, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, no. and I'm not saying... I'm, if you and said I'm saying, this movie was a masterpiece, I'd be worried. And I'm saying that there are some points where I just kind of roll my eyes, because like, it's not funny, but there's enough... If it didn't go back to the 80s, I think it would be terrible, yeah, actually. So, so that's the thing that struck with me. It probably wouldn't struck with the younger audience because they don't know what the 80s was about anyway. So It's, all, it's just for us. It's, it's for us, indulgent Yeah, yeah totally. Um, and that part I appreciate because... But in fact, the theme is the same for every person, every human, everywhere. When you're young, you think one thing about your life and then 30 years down the road or 20 years down the road, it isn't what you thought, unless you're President Obama, and you thought when you were 18 you're going to be president. You know what I mean? Like if that was your, if you're a 16 year old kid and you're Tom Cruise, and you think, well, by the time I'm 50, I'm going to be a megastar. Fair enough, you you fulfilled your dream. But for the rest of us, <laughs> it's you think you. He got it right. When you're young, you're like on top of everything, even of all the shit that we think about. And you know, the movie touches on it. You know, when you're young, all of them had some problems or had some issues or whatever. But you think you're gonna conquer the world, but with partying, like you're yeah. not like you're not like motivated or like productive. You're just like, whoa, you're gonna kick the world's ass, you know. And then somewhere between eighteen and forty, <laughs> like. The veil lifts, you know, and you're like, holy shit, what was, you know, and that's kind of what this is, but not in a serious way. No, I mean, there I are mean, some serious it, topics. There are some serious topics. Uh, one like, about one on. of the friends trying to kill himself. Yeah. Which, which Being an alcoholic. comes across as a joke, actually, when it's happening, but then there's something further on where I was like, that's yeah. actually pretty meaningful. Like Exactly. Um, so, yeah, there are some serious things, which we shouldn't and be all... discussing serious things in this movie, really. No, I mean, but it's... The movie is without that, though, crazy. it yeah, would only without be Without that, it, I would, it would be like that. Whatever that skiing one was that I watched once, and I said to you... Ski ski club? I can't even remember what it was. It was, it was just horrible. Like, the entire time, there was no, it didn't mean nothing. It didn't... Frostbite. It was partying and frostbite. And they had the dickhead bad guy. Yeah, who was like it was handsome. like that. Now this movie taps this into movie everything. Taps into all that. That Skis when we were eight, when the eighties, when we were watching movies, there was and they watched some horrible uh, any of them even. I mean, you can watch Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club. There's always the jock, jerk. Yeah, they follow handsome a kind of a guy. But in some of those movies, it's it's really cranked up. You uh-huh. know, where the guy is just like, like a Biff cartoon. Back to the Future. Yes, like a cartoon version of. The dickhead bad guy, which really isn't a cartoon, because when you meet them, they're like that. So, I do like that it does all that. It's just that it throws a lot of grown man, self-indulgent, stupid-ass jokes that I I thought maybe, I thought, sitting there, I'm thinking, oh, he's a dude, he probably thinks this is funny, but it's not. Some of it was funny, I must say. There was some kind of ad-libby stuff that I actually really liked, but then there was some other stuff that was kind of, and I'm no prude or whatever, but, like, there's a scene where... yeah, there's a well. Yeah, the, I wasn't referring to that, but there's a scene where, under some 
weird circumstances, one of the friends has to give the other friend a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. And it's an awkward thing. It wasn't funny. It no. was just kind of like... Like, uh, we had to throw something in. First really of all, re- it's kind of homophobic. Because it's yeah. such a big fucking deal. That he's get that we had to throw th- something really, like, outrageous in just to be outrageous. Maybe yeah. that was what the unrated version was. Maybe it was an added thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. We watched the unrated version, by the way. So we don't know what they There are. is a theatrical version. I'm feeling that a scene like that might have been... The one where he's humping her from behind, that might be added in there too, because it's pretty, not explicit, but I mean, it's more. And there's boobies and there's... Boobies are a big thing in the 80s. Do you remember? When we were young, boobies were like, and I'm a girl and still it was like... Yeah, I remember watching things like Girls were flipping their shirts off right and left, full of shit, you know, when you think about it. Even Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party, forgot about, oh my god. Mm. Yeah. Now, for some reason, that stands out as a better movie to me than it probably is. It's horrible. It's got a horse screwing a chick. And a horse dying of drug overdose. No, well, they've got a bad guy who's a you know biffy kind of guy. Yeah, it's like this movie. <laughs> well, what I was getting at those. <laughs> he falls out I, the thing and he falls in those people's car yeah. and he's wrapped in. I saw it recently, <laughs> actually. It was on TBS or something. I was. See, I laugh at that one, but I was young the first time I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So it was different. The impression that comes in your mind when you're young is different than now looking at it. And I'm thinking this is a conscious thing in my mind when I'm watching some scenes. This is John Cusack. He's a grown man. He was famous actor dude and whoever are the other ones you know these are grown men are they when they're saying these things or doing these things are they just like yucking it up like oh my god this is so funny or do they go like okay this is like one step maybe I shouldn't you know this is a little lame or you know I mean do they really think it's funny because some of it just but but it's not it's not absolutely I was expecting something fairly crappy like but there is some funny parts, and the nostalgia obviously is the best part of it. Yeah. Um, but there's actually some funny stuff, and you know, there's some cameos from people who I didn't expect to see, and, and they popped up, and it was kind of cool. Um, and I can't say I didn't laugh. That's the thing. Though. I laughed a few times. Yeah, but there, but there is a lot of um, what I call <clears throat> like new comedy, where they try and be like American Pie or something, just or. I guess something about Mary's guilty of starting that stuff. Mm. Like being... Here's some balls being trapped in a zip and you see it and here's like some cum on somebody's head. You know? Yeah. I guess they're responsible for that, the Farrelly brothers. So thank you for that. I don't know if they're responsible, but I mean... Well, I mean, that was the beginning of like, let's do risque things and then Pie Fucker came along and then, you know, cum on the face in this movie came along and, you know, it's... A, but it isn't. So then it's not no. funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but who yeah. thinks that's funny? That's my question. 18-year-olds will. 21-year-olds will. Probably, yeah. 40-year-olds. Me, 42. Not funny. No. But the... And the thing is, when you're trying to... Because re- you can tell they're trying to recapture the flavor of, like, what is one of my uh, recommendations, like a weird science, where it's like, no holds bar. It's a fantasy thing that's going on here. You can't question the science and you can't question anything because it's about a deeper issue. It's about friendship. It's about life. It's about choices. But they don't. It's like taking. It's like making this movie in 2010 and trying to recapture something from 1986. It doesn't quite. Like, are, are we less sophisticated now? Do I think, or more? I don't I, know. I actually love some of that. Um, some of the best things in the movie were because these guys were from 2010, 
and they're in the 80s and the people in the 80s don't know anything about iPhones and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Some of the best things were like the one guy can goes, you text me or and, and, and she's people like, like I, I don't, don't know what you're saying. know what you're saying yeah or well, how will I get older you then? And she's like, well, you can come and find me. And he says, that'd be exhausting. He's like, that sounds that just exhausting. sounds so exhausting. <laughs> so all those things are kind of funny, like um, observations of like how things have changed. Because and- it's not like we're talking about 1910 here. We're talking about 1986 when we were on the verge of Very growing up. Very different times. And we had none of this shit. We didn't have Facebook and Twitter and internet. We didn't have any of that. And yet... We look at that and go, oh my god, that's so funny, they don't even know what an iPhone is. Or that the guy had the cell phone on the mountain and it was a big chunky one. And they're like, they're watching him like, because they're all thinking like... And the guy's going, is yelling into the cell phone, you never guess what I'm doing, I'm phoning you from a mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like uh, one of the, one of the bad guy dudes in this movie finds one of the dude's iPhones and he's like, these are Russian spies, look at this gadget. Yeah, really, it's like, yeah, yeah. And he, you would think that. And these kids have been watching uh, Red Dawn. Yeah. Um, oh, so, my God. So, <laughs> so we had kind of drummed it in that the Russians were invading. So they thought... And there was a Russian energy drink. So you think it about of, how that stuff really does... Like, we watch, we've watched a lot of movies in our lives, right? Even in the, a lot in the 80s, obviously. We watched all those movies. How do you think that... I mean, that does affect you. Like, you say Red Dawn, and I'm instantly back in the 80s, 70s and 80s, when we watched those, you know, the... Uh, day, what's it called? Day after tomorrow or whatever, where the nuclear bomb oh, is yeah, dropped. Yeah. The, I think Justin, that was the Jason, day after tomorrow. Yeah. Jason Robards, you know, miniseries and stuff. And it was actually a very prominent thing, as, as prominent now as Al Qaeda will be to the youth of this. Yeah, this we generation. were actually, I remember under the as threat a child, of 9 11, and we had that. I was going to say, I remember as a child living in England, even being scared that there was going to be a nuke going yeah, yeah. at some point. For I don't understand it, but I. Saw stuff on TV. There was always talking about it. You saw these images of atom bombs. I and then those miniseries, yeah. and, and I, I was convinced that something like that was going to happen at some point. So. Even like Unhappy Days, you know that episode where the dad was. I mean, that was set in like the early '60s, but he was building a bomb shelter in yeah. the backyard. And but the show was made obviously. Like, you know. Yeah, like so you go back, and I wonder. All the movies and stuff we watched from that time, we had the juxtaposition of that fear of the the Cold War. War games. And, oh, yeah, war games. And then we on the top of that, we had this, like, newfound... Not newfound, because it's maybe, like, from the 20s and then from the 50s again and then came around in the 70s, 80s. This sort of, like, fuck it! We're just gonna party! We're gonna have big hair and pink leg warmers and fuck the world! And then you come along with greed... I mean the movie. What's the movie? Wall Street, and you talk, changed in the nineties. You add all that money stuff on in the late eighties, and it's just like there was a brief moment there where it seemed like we're just. And this movie kind of sort of kept because they're at a ski resort, which of course a lot of eighties movies were made then. And it was a big deal in the eighties. I remember going skiing was hot tubbing was uh-huh. a big deal. Playing quarters, any movie where they go back and play quarters, I'm there because I've played a lot of quarters in my day. Have you ever played it? Mm. So you see it in movies, but you never, you don't get it. You I mean, around, I understand it, but I... You sit I around the table, yeah, everybody's semi-drunk, you got a glass in the middle, and you, you bounce and the And then if you don't get it in, you drink. In fact, I'll show you, because the table that's in our dining room right now is the same table that I've played I mean, I've many rounds times. of quarters. It's like a drinking game. Right? Yeah, but you gotta do it. You gotta do it to know that it's a skill. But, um... <laughs> and every quarter is different. The actual... Yeah, I think they got all that right with the, um... You know, they got all the... The attitude... Part. It's just those kind of lowbrow things kind of take you out of the moment, I think. Yeah, but then some of the lowbrow things, I can't remember exactly which, 
But I did find some of them funny, but mo- mostly just um, observations between the different times. And, like, there's a time where somebody's on the phone to somebody in another time, which I thought yeah, was yeah. kind of funny. Just just for that back-to-the-future kind of weird mindfuck. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, having to figure out, like, oh, like if you did, if you did this here, then somebody... Yeah, here, yeah. You know, I like that idea anyway. Um, so this wasn't a, a loss to me, and I thought that I was going to hate it. I really did. I thought it was going to be... Like, I'm not into American Pie or anything like that, to be yeah. honest. I thought it was going to be like that. But, but without the 80s... The nostalgia was the thing that... The music is really... I mean, if you like 80s music, most of the... All of the songs in it, you will remember. Um, the, Every rose has its They even own. had um, New Order in there. Yeah. Which appeals to a Manchester lad like myself. So... Um, the music's great. I would like the soundtrack. But there again, it, the soundtrack would be just like any 80s compilation yeah. album you could possibly... I think I already have every 80s yeah. collection you can get. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the nostalgia for me. I felt like I was in 1980 as soon as they... It's a, a funny way the way it happens, too. I mean, not, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the, uh, the hot tub. Just yeah, yeah, the way no. it happens. The way they discover it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I thought it was funny. Um, I liked the fact that the movie's completely aware of itself, like where the go where um what's he called the guy from the office yeah Craig Robinson just looks straight at the camera and says like a hot tub time machine like, well no just, he says it and then he looks straight at the yeah camera. like you know like the office like um mm-hmm. completely aware of like gets, we ready, know this is ridiculous get ready Go for the ride it. yeah the yeah. hot tub time machine part it doesn't bother me at all. No, fact, it's, because it's, it's a I was good there. Anyway. Yeah, I I will buy any weird sci-fi fantasy shit. Like it doesn't that doesn't bother me. It's just anything. I mean, you can if you can sell it to me, uh, I can I can buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I, no, I will buy it. It's just that other stuff that felt a little embarrassing sometimes. I don't know how to describe it. Some, yeah, it's not like um, like I really love Will Ferrell stuff, like Anchorman. It's not like that humor. It's because that humor's not like the guy with the arm that didn't intrigue me at all. I didn't care. It was a funny plot device, I think, just to like lighten the mood sometimes. Lighten the mood. Well, yeah, but, it's, but not but like, it, it's not like I actually found, going down a I dark found it hilarious depression. in a Monty Python kind of way. I mean, that's what it that is. Maybe like. that was my problem. I didn't feel like they pulled it off in that way. Right, and I because did. the focus of it was the asshole guy who I'm totally not a fan of at all. I don't like the actor guy that much. I don't, I don't like know his him. character. He's one of those. He's in a lot of movies that we see with the. I, I actually thought he had some decent moments. Though. He has decent moments, but yeah. I'm not. I think it's the character, right? Ugh, well, I'm you're not going to like that yeah, character. He's the asshole guy, yeah. right? But because he was the one sort of pursuing the arm coming off, that maybe I actually why. found that funny that they would just because they know that t- they can't mess with time. Well. They're kind Let's of just stood there waiting for it to happen. They stop caring about messing with it, but that's the one thing they're going to let happen. Yeah. But everything else, they don't give a shit. No, not really. So, they're going to let this guy lose his arm. I do like the idea when they stood at the elevator. And they could obviously help him. And some horrible things happening. But they're just going... No, No, they're the guys like, oh, I can't look. (laughs) See, I I found some of that stuff funny, and that was kind of... Is that a like that? Does that comedy hit like down in your penis area? It's I very Monty. It funny. It's very Monty <laughs> Python humor. It's like I straight from. I elevate it that way. No, it totally is. You watch uh, any Monty Python's TV shows? I have. Uh, I'm just saying it's not that good. No, it's very much like that. In fact, I was almost like they. I feel like that's been done on a Monty Python show. Like mm. 
like they've had a running joke like that, you know? Um, and the guy they chose to do you the mean running... like from vacation, uh, European vacation, where they keep hitting the guy on the bike. Yeah, exactly. Like that Eric Idle keeps. I didn't find that funny either. No, but that's why I'm saying it's yeah. it's tapped into that, and and I think they might have been thinking to themselves, what was great. Well, they obviously had vacation and those movies on the mind because of somebody sure, sure. who is in this movie. But like, what parts could we kind of revive? You know? See, that's the thing. You can sell me on the hot tub time machine. And I'm, I'm there, but then when you start giving me this, like, that, ooh, this guy's gonna lose his arm, and then it'll be, like, hilarious, that doesn't, I don't, I'm not sold on that. See, and me, personally, I found that kind of funny, so. Because it's tragic. Why is it funny? <laughs> it is tragic, but in this, in this frame of... That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not, not. It doesn't fit right for me, but. Because this is a I like ridiculous... Crispin Glover in a weird, kind of weird way, so. Yeah, Crispin Glover um, is the guy who's... Losing his arm. Lose his arm. <laughs> and it's hilarious when... Uh, that's one of my funniest parts of the movie, when Crispin, at the beginning, he has got no... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he is wheeling their luggage into the room, and when he gets into the room, he's just slinging the luggage, like... And they're, they're like, can he's we help pissed. him? And he's he's really pissed. He's, like, throwing their sour, shit like, you know, yeah, throwing yeah. It. It's just really funny. Um, so, let's move on to the cast of this movie. So, you've got John Cusack as Adam. Um, we, we just had a discussion about John Cusack, and... We say, oh yeah, he's like the 80s movie icon. You said that. Yeah, well, I think I a lot of people do. Maybe yeah. you not. But I think a lot of people... Yeah, I never have. No, I think a lot of people see him as or remember yeah. him from the 80s. Now, that is true, because he was in... Say, um, anything. say anything. John Hughes movie. Uh, also another John Hughes movie, which I... 16 Candles. As just a friend. like yeah, a not, not a big He's deal. a nerd in the bathroom when the guy shows the picture. And when I did look... Through the eight, throughout the entire 80s for John Cusack he is pretty much friend in the background mm-hmm. guy who stood in the sidelines at a football match that and so was Nicolas Cage I mean if you look yeah. at his 80s movies he wasn't ever really the star person but you go back and you go oh my god that was Nick- Nicolas Cage you know? so in the 80s that is John Cusack and then if you look in the 90s then he came to I mean he was in a lot of big movies in the 90s such as Con Air Pushing Tin um, was that big? Pushing Tin was bigger at the time Billy Bob and him. It's a pretty good movie, actually, I thought. It was alright, yeah, yeah. Um, Con Air, obviously, I mean, that was a big movie. Um, that was his Armageddon, I guess. Everybody gets involved with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer at some point. Mm. Um, Everybody? <laughs> oh, and he's been in 2012, hasn't he, just recently, um, as the big movie star? I mean, he was the star of that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, John Cusack, somebody who's been with us throughout the... But, if you go and look back at his stuff, he's... Not in much in the 80s. Like you say, you remember Say Anything. High Fidelity, you remember. High Fidelity is one that sticks out for me, which I really liked. Is that the one where he's in the record store and he wants to go back to figure out what he did wrong in all of his relationships? Yeah. That's why I was getting at this movie. (laughs) Might have been poking fun at some of John... I mean, Cusack is a producer of this movie too, so... um, His production company. And the guy who directed it is the friend from high school who started the production company. So, um... I think he might have been having a poke at himself also. Or, oh, not himself, but characters he has played in the past. Um, so, secondly, we've got... Um, I like John Cusack, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like 2012, though. Yeah. That's the last thing. So that leaves a sour taste. You know, the funny thing is, though, if I remember 2012, as I remember it, I don't remember him specifically. You could copy and paste, or cut and paste... Any it could have been anybody middle aging yeah. actor guy, and that's how I would remember. I mean, you I could do have, rem- You could tell me it was Will Ferrell, 
And I'd be like, oh, whatever. Because the movie itself didn't really... The movie was actually bad in my... Uh, now I've, I've <laughs> ruminated on it. I feel it was well, you bad. You to listen to the podcast and see what you said so you don't contradict yourself. I didn't, we didn't review it, actually. We just watched it. But mentioned oh, it. right. Yeah. <laughs> but ruminating on it, I, I said to you when we, after we'd watched it, eh, there's some, I like there's that guy's movies, it. but I didn't really like that. The arcs and all that bullshit. Now, distanced away from it, I think I don't like it. <laughs> so, um, second we've got Craig Robinson as Nick Webber. Now, um, it's, he's the guy, Daryl from The Office. Most people will know him as. Um, I feel like he put on a bit of, not put on a bit of weight for this role. I just feel like he's, every time I see him, he looks a bit more... Bigger. Weightier. Um, I find him really... How does that affect your opinion of him? I, exactly? I, don't, I don't like that. You know, like uh, Ethan's... You don't like people getting fat. No, I feel like it's bad. Like like Ethan Slurpee when I saw him getting big. I, I always I always felt like I wanted to tell him that that is going to end. Like bad. Farley and John Goodman. Yeah, it's just not a road to. The thing is, though, you're just seeing the bad habit. If they were a heroin addict, you wouldn't know it. If they were an alcoholic, no. And if they weren't it. on the screen all the time, you wouldn't know it either. It's just you're very aware, aren't you? You see them, you see them, you see them in mm-hmm. something. And like the way films and TV shows are filmed, all out of. One could have been two years ago. One could have, you don't know. People who watch Earl now, though, won't know if they've never watched Ethan Slurpee in some Kevin Smith movies that he was. Yeah, he's kind of thin, though, isn't he? Well, not thin, but I mean, yeah. he's not like he was. And I thought at one point he was really going... Mallrats, he's actually still already pretty yeah. hefty. But that's the side. That's so anyway, Craig Robinson plays Nick Webber. I feel that he just... I'm sure much- he'll love that people, the first thing they say about him in, in his first movie ever is that he got fat. I'm sure it's very flattering. Is it his first movie ever? No. He was Seems in like, like Knocked Up. Was he? Yeah. Mm. Second movie ever. <laughs> uh, regardless, it's just that if your weight was is the first thing up? people discuss, he was discuss, in something. He's, maybe Knocked Up. It it's feels in, it's little... in an Apatow movie or something. But anyway, anyway, what I think about him is he pretty much plays the same guy all the time. He needs like, but there again, he's gonna. I mean, the Daryl character and this character. Could have been the same guy, like... Mm. You know, the office guy in this Well, guy. not much of a character, so, you know. I feel like he's playing himself. Like. He's just a dude, yeah. And so is John... All of them are, except for the asshole guy. I and like the, him. And the nerdy boy. I like him. I find I find he's sarcastic. And his kind of quietness, yeah? That weird kind of stuff that he says sometimes, I find him funny. So, yeah, I liked him in it. Um, we've also got the guy... This is a guy I guess you don't like, Rob Cordray, who I'm not familiar with, even though his face looked familiar. Cordray. Rob Cordray is Lou. Um, look him up. Now this guy plays the um, basically the dick. What? No. Yes. Well, he's like the like they say he's the friend. When there's a group of friends, there's always one who's an asshole. Yeah. And he's their asshole. Like so, um, and he's pretty bad. Well, he's just the like. Um... He's just. He's not actually bad if you think about it. Well, he is, because he calls... At the core of him, as we like to say, he's, he has, like, troubles, and he's an alcoholic, and he's lonely, and because he's an asshole, his friends don't reply to him anymore, they don't respond to him, they don't want to be around him, because he's an asshole. But inside, the re- them not responding to him, and people not wanting him to be his friend, is what makes him more of an asshole, but he is just that anyway. He's the guy who gets on everybody's nerves, and, you know, you know him in life, and they, ugh, you know, you don't... I don't necessarily want to sit for two hours watching him. I think he's a stand-up comedian guy, the actual actor. I think. Because he did mention in those extras something about, that's how I got into comedy. Oh, he was in What Happens in Vegas. 
Was he his friend, I think? I barely even remember that. <laughs> See, that's one that I've blanked out. Semi-pro. The basketball one with Will Ferrell. I don't remember. Um, I mean, I remember that movie. I don't yeah. remember him. Blades of Glory. I knew he was that guy. I knew he was in those. He's what in those. He? I don't remember, but I know he was in those. See, we don't... <laughs> so he's worked with Will Ferrell a couple of times, yeah. at least. Um, yeah. He strikes me as that kind of improv kind of... Oh, totally, um, yes. Dude. And while you don't like him in that partly could be just this character, just this character, I actually found him quite funny in parts in this because, you you know, you get behind that character that he is, which is tragic character because it starts off on a tragic kind of... Yeah. Could be a joke, could be real kind of tragic situation. Um and then he's just like an ass. Yeah, that's the thing. He can't. He can't break through the tra- the but sadness. Him being an ass. Some of the things he says is quite funny. And like the the girlfriend he gets in the movie. He's like a. It's kind of like a punch drunk love thing. Yeah, I she like. Likes that, that he's an yeah. asshole. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You know, because some girls are drawn to. Oh yes, they are. Well, a lot actually. That is. I a, have been. I just ended up with someone who's not that. It's a recurring theme. Just so you know, I got that out of my system in my younger years. Nice. The well, maybe when I get maybe to... that's why he does not appeal to me because I've been around the dickhead asshole guy a lot. But I can't break it down to the Rob Cardry guy because I actually he pulls he it off funny. well. Yeah, and there, there was. If there's any dramatic scene in this movie, which there isn't really, there's a couple. <laughs> but the one which I was talking about, it's very brief. I feel that he was the only one who pulled any non-absurd kind of situation off. Mm. Like, something that I felt for him. It was a combina- It was actually a combination you of... Yeah, really brief, like, near the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh... It all went like... Yeah. Down to, like, a real moment and with the look that he gave him, and then that was it. And, it then was I, over. and, and it wasn't dwelled upon, and, and that was a, a moment where I got something from the movie which I didn't expect, so... I'm not. I don't know. Put it down to him, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're you know, saying. You know what I'm saying? That yep. was away from the ridiculousness of this movie. There is. You're saying someday I'm gonna have that moment with Jonas Hill, so then I'll be like, he's that's okay. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Get his name right. <laughs> he's not Jonas a member of the right. Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yeah, Jonah. I think Jonah Hill will come along and do something you'll like him. Hey, I I was alright with Jennifer's body, you know, with, with that chick. Not, I'm not in love with her, but She's, I mean, in that movie, I liked her. Jonah Hill and Megan Similar kind of physique. <laughs> well, they're just a similar throat, you know, like, ugh, like, don't shove everything in my face and you think I'm going to like it just because it's, I don't know, Jonah Hill's dopey. Okay, so uh, we've got Clark Duke as Jacob. He's the young dude in this, who I have seen in lots of things. I haven't seen him at all. I think he was in... I have seen him uh, in several different movies and I can't I think one was called Sex Drive which you might not have watched no, I watched not it seen on it. Netflix I know what you're talking about um, where they're travelling across um, I've seen him in some of these kind of The Girl Next Door I was thinking was one but I don't no. think that's him but he would have been too young I've seen him in stuff um, I don't know what to think about him yet he's alright I mean he was given the task of being the non-middle age yeah. Don't know the 80s. Yeah. He's just sort of a delivery of information a lot of times, or he's the he's the straight man occasionally, because yeah. his existence is in 
in jeopardy because he didn't exist in this year. That kind of thing. You know, like Back to the Future thing where if you mess this up, I'm just gone. i got to say, it's really funny in this movie where they look in the bathroom mirror and see... Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're their 2010 selves, but when they see the reflections in the mirror, they're their 1986 selves. And the people who they chose to be them were perfect like yeah, it was yeah. hilarious there was but a the guy, guy and we guy. said that must be John Cusack's son he's, he's he looks so like him the Daryl guy with the, yeah, with, the, with the hair and the guy goes he looked like kid playing he goes dude that's two people, two people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see that that's some of the funny stuff that that guy can deliver just yeah. like it's like it's not a joke he just says stuff and you're like oh that's hilarious that's funny but um yeah there is some special effects of, of kinds but I liked that um so this Clark Duke I can't really make my mind up about him Who's he? Oh, the young guy. Yeah, okay. not yet. Crispin Glover plays Phil. Oh, let me go back on that point. You know when, in the beginning, that young guy you're just talking about, he's in the basement playing uh, Second Life, mm-hmm. and the uncle is John Cusack, and he's like, why don't you get a real life and get out and do some real things and sit on that thing all day? And then what turns out to be real life, because he takes the nephew to this hot tubbing place, is a bunch of dudes sitting in a hot tub drinking beer, getting wasted. Yeah. And I'm thinking, if no one intentionally was doing this... To, sh- to say that that is more of a real-life experience than doing a, playing a video game or a computer game, and that that's more of life. Well, it was hilarious. It was like, his- hilarious because that's what people say. People say to me, how can you guys just sit around and watch, like, three movies in a row? This being a person who will go out and spend ten hours sitting by the side of a lake all day, barbecuing, drinking just- beer, and riding around on a boat. Now, that sounds completely unappealing. I'm like, what... So you're saying that's real life versus me sitting in the uh, that, comfy I think that was intentional in this movie. I, I mean, I don't know if it was, but well, it just totally shined through to me. Well, what's kind of funny on that, though, is the guy was playing Second Life and he was playing it as a prisoner in jail. Yeah, exactly. He, he was like, his character was a prisoner in jail and he was like, yeah. okay, now you've got to do your all exercises. Spending all this time yeah. as a prisoner. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. <laughs> like a, a kid in a basement with a laptop. Playing a prisoner in jail. Virtually being a prisoner. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, that guy, um, I'll need to see more movies with yeah. him to make my mind up. Um, Crispin Glover is a cameo appearance as Phil the... It's not cameo. I mean, he's like running. A cameo is just like pop in, pop out. He he's pops actually, in and pops out. He's not... Yeah, but a cameo is just walk in, walk out one time kind of thing. He's I actually guess you a, could say Crispin Glover was in Bats of the Future, right? Yes. Yes, he was McFly. That's why he's... Uh, I mean... I'm, th- you know, drawing on things from the '80s. He, he was a good choice for that. Um, I love Crispin Glover just because I don't get him. Exactly, I don't get that. I I find him very attractive. I don't 100 percent get his personality, and I've seen him interviewed and stuff. I don't get whether he's sometimes being funny or he's very serious about something. Secondly, I don't get his film choices all the time. <laughs> like he seems a serious, and and then he's in Hot Tub Time Machine. You know, it's. I like that because it's mysterious to me. Like, because I'm like, I don't know this. I don't know what. But I like that. But yeah, I like that it's too mysterious. because we like to put people on a rail, as you video people like to call it, and say like, "Here's John Cusack." In the '80s, he did a couple of you know youthful movies. In the '90s, he did some growing up movies. In the 2000s, then he's doing these grown up middle aged man movies. He's on a rail. Nothing deviant. Nothing de- goes off of that. He didn't go off to be a rock star. He didn't go off. We like that. We're comfortable with that. Garth Brooks, back in the 90s or early 2000, whatever, decides to do that other character and make a little bit different music. Everybody freaks out! But Crispin Glover is one of those people you're comfortable with him not being on the rail. 
because he's completely Seems like off he's the done rail. Everything to me. <laughs> yeah. If you think of awesome. the movies he's been in, he's been in horror, comedy, and Charlie's Angels, big blockbusters, tiny little avant-garde movies that he made. Like that's the one I said he made himself. He's been all over the. So I can't. And Alice in Wonderland. You can't. I think, really, I, I, think I like him more now that we're talking about him because I, I do I think, like him. I, just because I, he's a mystery of to me, like complete. <laughs> and I've seen interviews where he sits down and talks to somebody, and I still don't hundred percent get whether he's being funny or not. Like sometimes, yeah. you know, like when that um, Joaquin Phoenix went on um, David, David Letterman and acted kind of. Like, oh, I never watched. Well, that I watched. He was like in a. You could say he was in a character. Um, doing a character or you could say he's bananas right but or you don't just being a dick yeah or being a dick but you don't know 100% what he's doing there's a mystery to that isn't there it's but see that came unexpectedly because Joaquin Phoenix had not been off the rail no and then all he of a sudden on, he, yeah. he looks like the he looks he's got a massive beard and he's kind of acting man. odd and not listening to what, what David Letterman's saying and saying weird stuff and you're like is this an act is this for his movie or is this I like that because it really fucks with you. You like it sounds like manufactured to me. That's why I like Tom Green, I think. I like. So I feel like Tom Green's more natural and not manufactured, where the Joaquin Phoenix was totally manufactured. I feel like Crispin Glover manufactures it somewhat, but then again, he just. I think. Every time he does a big movie, he's going to get a bunch of money, so then he can go on in his life and do his own. He uses it, he said on that interview, to go and make avant garde movies because that's what he likes. So. That's good. And he says he does have to make a Charlie's Angels because. These movies don't make themselves for free, like. So, it's an right. interesting perspective. Kind of sell out a little bit and. But is it a sell out if you're perfectly aware that you don't give a shit one way or the other? Yeah, I guess. It's not selling out. So, it? interesting. Crispin Glover appears in this movie. It's no work of art or anything. He, he does a funny, like you say, something that you didn't even like the idea of. You might like it, you might. Yeah, like him, yeah. it's just that running gag was a little bit. And then another... Um, state... But when they, on the extras, when they're like talking to him, he's like, yeah, this yeah. is where I haven't... Uh, I'm going to be losing my arm, apparently, yeah. or I haven't lost it yet. Um, not yet. Kind of like he hasn't soon. really... He's not really read the script, maybe. They're, he's just there, and like they'll just do whatever. <laughs> and uh, another staple of the 80s, Mr. Chevy Chase uh, appears here um, as the repairman, is his official name. Um he didn't do much for me, to be honest. I mean, it's nice to see Chevy Chase because, you know, you remember him from... Vacation. Yeah. Saturday Night Live. But, you know, I didn't find anything he said particularly funny. No. He didn't have any good lines. It's just that they, being 40-something-year-old dudes, when they were in the 80s watching Chevy Chase, and now they're probably shitting themselves because yeah, exactly. they're in the same room as him. All of them probably are like, like oh, a my God, God, isn't he oh, my to God, oh, my God, it's Chevy Chase, it's Chevy Chase. And, you know, imagining all the movies you've seen. And, and it's all, it's awesome to see Chevy Chase in a movie. You're not seeing yeah. it because when was the last time you saw him, to be honest. Um, but, but then again, it's just being a character that he's been a lot of times. And, like I say, not his fault, but any of the lines that he had weren't particularly funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just this mysterious, said stuff. Kind of like the guy in... Um, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond in yeah exactly like yeah, that um, Switch Christopher Walken Qu- what's it called Switch Switch yeah Click Click that's it exactly like that yeah, guy yeah. he's just a guy <laughs> just the like the hub of the movie but not like it, like it doesn't doesn't really matter but it's a a gag oh, I love him Christopher Walken's one of those off the rail but and totally l- like this this guy could have been Christopher Walken it would have worked yeah, also yeah. it didn't have to be Chevy Chase but there again Chevy Chase face of the 80s I guess you would think um, 
And then finally, I'd put down Lizzie Kaplan as April. And you I, didn't oh, put her down. I you did. put her down. That's the lady from uh, True, True Blood. Blood. Who? I felt like her thing with him. It was it, underdeveloped, it seemed, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I thought so too. And what there was of it, I felt like they'd cut loads of it out. But yeah, like like because it was too brief, like and, and not meaningful enough. Not meaningful. It didn't go anywhere, and then we won't discuss. You know, but. It just seemed like... I felt like it was... Like, that could have been away. something really good, but then it wasn't. But then I guess it was to say is thing, how things could have been. Or, I don't mm-hmm. know. But, no. She's it, the same always as well, too. Yeah. Kind of like the hippie checky, um, you know, cool, but... I don't like her. It's just that... Yeah. That part and that part of the story just kind of fell flat for me. Um, and that's everybody I put down for the cast. Directed by Steve Pink and... Um, I looked at what other things he directed, and he not really directed much actually. But he had—he is an actor in lots of John Cusack movies of the mm. past twenty years, and you, he's like a friend from high production school. company guy with Cusack. Yeah. Um, so this was like there, he, he had done some other films, but nothing notable and nothing. Do you think as a guy standing behind the camera, directing the scene of the? A potential blowjob from one dude friend to another dude friend. Do you think he's sitting there like laughing his head off, or do you think he's sitting, sitting there going, "Okay, this is funny, but we might as well pull it off." I don't well, get somebody it, in those situations thinks that's hilarious. Somebody wrote, yeah, but that. he's in charge. Yeah. So well, maybe it was his idea. But what I'm saying—that's what I mean. Like, is he really think it's funny? There's, like, there's got to be people who think that that isn't that funny. Because it's just, I mean. It's got potential to be funny, but the way it's done in this movie... It's not it's cheap. Just... I mean, I like cheap laughs sometimes, but it just felt... Yeah, know. like something about Mary, for instance. There's loads of cheap, stupid... Yeah. That happens to be funny. When I don't know if it's funny now, but when I watched it back... Well, early Maybe on, that's our problem. We're anesthetized now, too. I think so. You see a lot more things, don't you? Like I say, the Farrelly brothers started something. American Pie kind Judd of Apatow pushed kind of it further. Throw, yeah. Judd Apatow pushed it, like, in a different direction, and now we've kind of seen everything in... Like, nothing sexual is going to, like... Make me giggle anymore. No. No, not really. <laughs> but when you were, like, 18... Like, if you're an 18-year-old watching this movie, you might find it hilarious that two guys are going to... Titillating. I don't know. <laughs> so, um... Uh, DVD extras. Not very... Uh, Blu-ray extras. Not very many, to be honest. Um, it's quite sparse. Um... There's these, um, like, promotional bits where you th- they tell you, oh, this is going to be about Chevy Chase, and it is, but it's like... I feel like it's just the things they stick between movies on HBO. Like I, think, the month, I think on Fox. The uh, month before they come Because it's a Fox out. movie, like, probably on um, Fox in, in the commercial. Oh, I disagree. Bits. I think it's more like, when we sell this to HBO Cinemax, this is what, the month before the movie comes on. It's that on. stuff. PR. Yeah. Um, electronic press kit type of deal. And then there's uh, deleted scenes... None of them were particularly... In fact, we watched the unrated version, and I said to you, I think probably most stuff was probably put back in anyway. Mm. Like, you know, stuff that was... If we, if there hadn't been an unrated version, the deleted scenes would probably have been longer, I think, because... Uh, maybe there would have been have less, less boobies and less... Less boobies. No, that's not... No. Less... Jizz on the face? No. <laughs> that might not be a bad thing. Um... <laughs> So yeah, not much in the way of extras. Digital copy included. Um, Blu-ray looked fine, sounded fine for this kind of movie. It's, n- it's not going to blow you away. No. Um, 
It's not going to blow you back in time or anything like that. So in conclusion, for Hot Tub Time Machine, which is a ridiculous title when I say it, I think. And that part's fine for me. I like the ridiculousness. Yeah, it's I just... Um, I had fun watching I it. I did too. I can't say I didn't. And I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, this is the worst thing. You should not even watch this. Did you see what Katie blogged it? Put I, on did, her I did yesterday, yeah. She um, put like uh, watching... Stay away from this. It's a pile no, of shit. No, she said it's a heat... He, Steaming pile of shit, run for your lives. And then she said after that, we're discussing why movies are so bad these days. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I don't... Um, I... I'm not going to say it's not a steaming pile of shit if you don't get it and you don't fall for the different not, parts. Like the 80s and If the, you're our age... Um, and you watched a lot of movies. It has some... Even if it's just the music, it has something that kind of is fun. I think you had to have been a person who watched a lot of movies in the 80s truly I do because it, it struck with me though is yeah. what I'm saying and there's a lot of people like me and you I guess you know for our age and and it's a bit of a frolic so I can see why people would just sit there and laugh at it and yeah that's I do fine. too I mean like it like the hangovers that kind of frolic uh, did absolutely amazing have you seen it yeah I've seen the hangover oh I haven't it's um very I prefer this because mm. that doesn't have a um, in like wacky, for me a, a wacky, a, a wacky element. like element is really cool. The hangover's like a it could happen like a just uh, some, yeah. some guys get drunk and stuff happens. More, I'm not saying it's real, but, <laughs> but this is just ridiculous and that's a bit less ridiculous if you get what I'm saying. So I prefer this to be honest. Now you could say this is trying to be that, but it's got enough. The 80s thing is, <laughs> exactly. is the thing. So It's the hook, man. While um, I can't say it's the best movie I've ever seen, if you want a good giggle on a Saturday night, like I think it's worth a try if you're a certain age. Yeah. I think if you like... If you're 18 or 40, you're going to like it. Anything yeah. in between. <laughs> or 18 or 40, actually. Yeah, that is, that is the key. You have to... If you're 18, you'll like it on one level. And if you're 40, you're going to like it because... For of the, the boobies and the sex jokes and the funny stuff uh, arguably and then if you're 40 you'll like the music you'll like the the fashion the slight life reflection yeah exactly yeah. and there is a meaning to the movie which like I say yeah, there, yeah. Is, there is a meaning to the movie so yeah I um, don't highly recommend it but it's good for a laugh I agree so, so um, thanks to uh, Fox uh, and MGM I believe both of them for the for the uh, review copy. Uh, so contest uh, this week. You can see the site for details. I've got a new competition. And to, what is that site? That's uh, ascully dot com. A s c u l l y dot com. You can go there and win uh, a new Red versus Blue DVD, which uh, is different to the one I gave away a couple of weeks ago. Ah. Um, and next week's DVD review, Blu-ray review, is surprise because I haven't worked out which one it is yet. So. We'll leave that as a mystery. Awesome. Um, so, movie recommendations for this week. Uh, for me, I put down my favourite John Cusack film, uh, Gross Point Blank. I don't think I've ever watched that all the way through. To it's be very, very good. Oh, if you right. like, it's about a high school reunion. It's got a bit of crime, a bit <laughs> of funniness, a bit of dark, almost Fargo-ish kind of vibe to it. All oh, right. Um, it's worth definitely worth a watch. Um, and it has got an 80s uh, high school reunion. Oh, right, right. So um, I would recommend that one. And my second one is Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> because 
Back to the Future yep. trilogy and Hot Tub Time Machine definitely got something in You're common. You're kind of leading into my recommendation yeah. because I wanted to find... You no, know, it does take you back to the weird... Except this weird science shit that's going on for whatever reason. And mine is weird science. Which is the same. Because yeah. you get some weird crazy shit. You just have to go with it, don't you? <laughs> yes. And it's so awesome. And that's another one of those that at this point in time... If you were 18, you might find it funny. And if you're 40, because it was from your time, you know what I mean? So, like, oh, just thinking about that movie cracks me this up. This does have a lot in common with it. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah. And my other one is, because I want to think of a movie that does the, I want to go back in time and see what my life would have been like if things had been different, but does it well, in my opinion, It's a Wonderful Life. There's a lot of movies that do it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of some for my recommendations. And I Weatherman. Couldn't. Not Weatherman. Um, Family Man is one yeah, where he go, It's Man. the new modern take on movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, you know, that what would be different in your life? What would what would you do differently and how it would affect you? So, It's a Wonderful Life is a, a good version of that, I think. It's old. It's oldie, but a goodie. Yeah, it is. 50s, right? 30s. <laughs> yeah, like 1937 yeah, or something. Alright then, so there's our recommendations for this week. Games and A-Scully stuff, not been playing much this week, apart from Crackdown 2, which um, I have been playing pretty much all week. The Hunt for the Orbs is back, and it's just as uh, addictive as ever. I, you know what, I've, I've decided, this game isn't particularly good, right? Oh. This is my, after playing with it for a week. It's literally the first game with two new things. And the two new things are... Freaks, which what happens is when it's night time now, these zombie zombies come out on the streets. Zombies? So that's a new enemy. So whenever it's night time, you have to watch yourself, maybe stay up on the roofs, don't, don't go on the streets because it's full of zombies. Or go on the streets and attack them all and, you know, blow stuff up. Um, which actually ties into the first game. There's a mission you do in the first game that goes wrong and it sets out this gas into the city and then nothing's really mentioned about it but then at the beginning of Crackdown 2 it because that gas got released into the city Crackdown 2 is 10 years later and th- that's the reason these freaks exist because of your actions in the first game so these freaks come out at night and yes the song freaks come out at night is one of the songs on the car radio which is kind of funny um, but anyway these, this, this is, that's one of the new things and the second new thing is there's a new... You've got to have enemies in the game, right? So at night time you have these freaks. And in the daytime you would need an enemy also. In the daytime the enemy is this like terrorist faction called the Cell. They're not terrorists, but they're against the state, I guess. Like you're a... Rebels. Cop. Yeah, rebels. And they don't agree with what the agency, which is what you are, the law, are doing to get rid of these freaks or protect people from the freaks they don't believe that you're doing a good job so they want to rule so in the daytime you've got factions of these guys that are in strongholds on the streets they're your basically your cannon fodder for the daytime and your freaks are the cannon fodder for the night so what was it in the other one in the other one there was the whole game structure was there was all kinds of different gangs who ruled different parts of the city. Right. And you had to go and clear it all out so the agency overrun the city again. I get it. So in this one, there's only two enemies as opposed to, I don't know, there's more than ten in the first game. Um, so the only two new things are these two new gangs and then they took away all the other gangs from the other because you, you wiped, wiped them, them out. out right. So... 
It's the same city, identical. So you could say that they didn't try there. Or, but it's not identical because it's ten years later and some of the buildings are run down. But to be honest, the city's better in the first game because I prefer it all lively and vibrant than it being run down. Do you get what I'm saying? No, because you don't really like that. Well, it's, I've been in the city in both instances. And I feel like the first instance of it was better. Because, like, in the first city, you climb up on the roofs and there's these glorious penthouse apartments with, um, like, swimming pools. Now, when you climb up on the roofs now, it's like a a bomb just hit and then there's no swimming pool and there's, like, a big hole in the wall. It's less interesting, if you go Mm. and say. Any neon signs that were all lit up at night in the first game, they're all just falling down and they don't work. So it makes it less visually interesting. So... You could say that this is worse than the first game, but it's not. It's actually, for me, equal. Because there's the orb hunting, which is just the best part of the game period. I think if the game didn't have anything but go and hunt Mm. the orbs, I would like it. Because I like climbing up the buildings and balancing on high beams and just... Oh no, there's one just... like They put put them in places where one jump... Do you think they just kind of... Like, didn't have enough balls to say, we're just making an orb hunting game. We've got to put all this other shit in, or the hardcore... I feel so. The hardcore gamers won't like it. Well, now they don't like well, it, because they say it's just for orb hunting and all this other stuff. Is I love the orb hunting. That's my favorite part of the game. But, you know, this is a $60 game. Now, there was a question asked on a podcast I was listening to yesterday that I thought, yeah, that is an interesting question. The question was... Um, Okay, you can have Crackdown 2 for $60. Or, how about Crackdown 1, downloadable content, which is a thousand new orbs to collect. Would Mm. that be as interesting to you? And my answer was yes, that would probably be better for me. Because I like the first city, without the rundownness. The zombies are kind of a pain in the ass, because there's thousands of them. So at night, it kind of gets a bit like I can't do certain things, because they're all over the place. So if the first city just had this new orb pack and it was $20 or $10, that would have fulfilled mm. my need more. So was, yeah, the, you know, was there really need for a sequel is what I'm getting at. Um, well, a sequel that is in the same city. I mean, because if they're doing a Crackdown 3, which I assume they probably will eventually. They might not if everybody bitches enough about yeah, this one. Um, it would have to be in a new city. Or the city would have had to change radically. Because you can't just give you the same one over and over. How about just countryside? Just something different. Like, GTA understands that. Like, Grand Theft Auto 4 said, here's Liberty City. And then they came out with some DLC. Here's some new stories in Liberty City. But then they wouldn't make GTA 5 and say, here's Liberty City. You know, they would change it to Vice City or whatever. Um, So, you know... It's a hard one for me because I, I really like Crackdown and I've played a lot of it this week. Um, it works just the same as you remember. Collecting the orbs is really fun. I've nearly collected them all. Got 50 left. It's not satisfying like, say, uh, Mass Effect 2. It's more satisfying than Mass Effect 2 for me because I prefer action games than RPGs. Really? Because you played that one with lots of enthusiasm. I did. I, and I loved it, but I do prefer a... GTA style. You think the experience of Mass Effect 2 wasn't as good as this one? Um, With all the things you're saying. I really like the experience, but it's a completely different game. I like an action game more. Like, I like to. 
have hands on with my character, run around, jump, um, shoot, do yeah, yeah. what I want kind of thing. Mass Effect's very controlled. You do what it says down the go down a path basically. Um, but I like Crackdown a lot. I like the series, but I think the problem is Ruffian Games, who are the new people who make Crackdown Two, they're not the people who made Crackdown One. Mm. They were given. I was reading an interview with them. This project, Crackdown Two, they started making it in February two thousand and nine, which is not a long time because they were finished by January. The whole game took that long. They started the month after the month they finished. No, you said they started February, February. two thousand and nine until January two thousand and ten. It's a whole year. That's not long to make a game at all, like a full open world game. So. What happened, I think, was Microsoft said, we want it out at this particular time. You've got that amount of time to make it. And all the ideas that they probably wanted couldn't go in there. Because, you know, bug testing takes four or five months. Or how about this? Everybody just accept the fact that they think it's good. They and don't. They... Uh, well, they've said publicly <laughs> they that there's the a idea. lot of things they wanted to put in that didn't make the cut. Like, didn't... like a whole new city. Is what I'm saying is, did they not think that was... They wouldn't have done it if they thought it was... They said they just wanted to fix the problems of the first game, which was what I read. Hmm. Which they haven't done, in my opinion. Because the problems of the first game were the targeting system was always bad. When you uh, auto-lock onto somebody to shoot them, like in GTA, you pull your left trigger and the nearest person it will zoom in on and then you can shoot a rocket at them or whatever... How it works in Crackdown is really badly. Like, you think you're going to lock onto this guy here, but it locks onto, like, a car that's, like, right behind him, like, like a hundred meters behind him. And you're like, I didn't want that. And you have to, like, fiddle with it a lot. Whereas on GTA, I feel like it kind of knows what you want to shoot at. Like, you point at something and it goes, oh, he probably wants to get that guy nearest to him. This doesn't kind of have that, so... And it's still broken in this one. Um... I can't believe that got through without being fixed. Maybe it's not broken. Maybe they no. Did. They say it's broken. They they. I read an interview with them this week. They say it is broken. They they say the guy who they interviewed said yes, it's broken. It doesn't work properly. We've had a debate in the office. Should we change it? And it turned out we didn't change it. So it's not broken. What I'm saying is, He's, it's not, he used the word broken. I know, but it doesn't. It's not broken like it doesn't work the way it was meant to work. It does. It works like it worked in Crackdown 1. I know, but it works the way... And they they actually said, we are going to fix everything. What I'm saying is, it works the way the programmer made it work. So it's not like it doesn't do what he told it, but they've just chosen not to change it. Yeah. Now, they say they will change it in a downloadable content pack, but to me, that's just too late. (laughs) Downloadable content packs generally come out two or three months after the game is shipped and by that time you're done with it anyway it's not a reason to go back and play it all again with a new targeting system in my opinion I mean why would you play it I mean you might play it again like in a couple of years but what if right now somebody said we're going to do a downloadable pack for Portal 1 and it's got 10 new levels it's 10 bucks would you buy it yes so you know that's a game that makes you want to get downloadable content a year and a half after you played it. Yeah, and I, 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 I often... I, <laughs> because of the game. I sometimes think how downloadable content works is it generally comes out about three months after the game comes out. I feel that that's actually too long. But what I'm saying is it depends on no, the game. No, get what I'm saying. I, f- I feel that's actually too long, right? Because by that time, 
even a big game like Red Dead Redemption that I still haven't finished by that time you might have lost interest or you just don't want to drop the $10 because something else is out or whatever but then again so for me like maybe a month after the game ships or a couple of weeks even while you're still into it you know like maybe some new stuff or two years down the line when you, when you go crack down say there is no crackdown too but they go hey here's a new pack for it's two years later here's a new pack for crackdown it's 500 new orbs and two new gangs to kill it's five dollars or ten dollars then is also a good time because you go i love crackdown depends that on the sounds, game that sounds fun yeah it does depend on the game too so i think they do download i don't think they've got the timing quite right on downloadable content because you're either not interested when it comes because you've kind of lost you know the excitement about the game see gta did it right they brought it out and they it wasn't just a tiny little thing it was like a full game do you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it wasn't just like here's a new mission it was like here's a whole new story with new people it'll last you 25 hours and it's ten dollars that's that's the right way to do it whereas the wrong way is this for you but there are people who don't like gta who think that's a pile of shit i'm not getting that i don't care about that i want a whole new game you yeah. know what I mean? I mean a whole new game. So. But this Crackdown, going back to Crackdown, Crackdown 2 is great, I've got to say, and it works really well in co-op and it's fun to play. But I think you would have just as much fun with if you've not played Crackdown 1. And Crackdown 1 literally costs $10. Ooh, you just broke one of your rules. What? You said it. Re- it's a pet peeve of yours you told me once when people say something like Airplane 1 because you're like, no, it's Airplane and yeah. then Airplane 2. This one is Crackdown. <laughs> Um, but oh, I think funny. Crackdown's $10, literally. And if you want to hunt oh, yeah. the orbs... Say you say you hunted the orbs two years ago when it came out, three years ago. And you haven't played it since then. Well, just wipe your save file and play Do it again, Crackdown yeah. again. Because I think you would have just as much fun as... And there's no freaks to fight. No. And the freaks are fairly annoying, I've got to say. <laughs> I mean, it's fun for a while just to run them all over in a car or whatever. But... After a while... I've been playing and I've been like... Your objective is to get the orbs and they're I'll, in your I way. I want to collect the stuff and I'm sick of these things jumping on me every two seconds. Just like, yeah, they yeah. don't need to be there. Like, I'm sure it sounded like a good idea. Or they wanted to have zombies in the game in some way. Or... Did you have a mode that's like Orb Hunter and they make it like 3,000 orbs? And I actually then... think they should. Or just turn on the, you know... Because some people only want to shoot at stuff. They don't care about the orbs. Yeah, exactly. And I think they should. I think they should have a mode, actually, on the menu screen that says, do you want to play in the sandbox and do all the stuff, or do you want to just hunt orbs? And then everything's turned off. There is no enemies. You just go and jump around. Jump around and add another 500 or something. You know, so Or different colors or different sizes. They could sizes add or... as many as they wanted whenever they wanted in all different places. Like, yeah, yeah. All they have to do is go, like, here's orb set two. And this, the second set, they're in completely different locations. Like, because you can put them anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So, to me, if they're listening, which they're probably <laughs> not, my thing is, I- I've seen what their downloadable content for Crackdown 2 is going to be, because they've already announced it. It's nothing to do with orbs. But, if you release Orb Pack 1, <laughs> and it has just 500 new orbs, maybe a different colour, like, like you say, just different. With no bad guys to fight. You can leave the bad guys for me, but just give me a new pack of orbs. I will gladly pay just for that. You don't have to do all this. You wouldn't like it better if they took out the bad guys? An option, maybe. You can just click them off. You know? Like a sandbox mode or something. Or, 
Is there online where you can compete with a friend to see who can find 20 orbs first? That kind of thing? There isn't, but that would be a That'd good That would be idea. a good mode. And there is new to Crackdown 2. There's PvP mode, which is player versus player, which is like deathmatch. You know, your standard... Uh, but finding orbs against a friend would be fun. That stuff's been added, though, the PvP. Um, I went and played it, and it's horrible. It's just, Crackdown's just not set up for yeah, that. Yeah. It, like I say, the targeting's bad. It's not a first-person shooter, so it doesn't work so well. It's an orb-hunting game. It is, really. I mean, that's what it is. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, it's fun. Like, Because, yeah. like, like, they're hidden, and you there's an accomplishment. Like, when you've... I found 450, and there's 50 to go, and I'm like... I don't see any anymore. I'm, I go everywhere and I never see them. But there's 50 somewhere. I'll, I'll get them eventually. You know, I'll just get them. Like it, there's this new thing in the new game where you push up on your D-pad and everywhere in the vicinity of you on the map, it pings it and like I'd say about 30 feet in mm. all around you. If there's an orb, it'll show up in colour on your map. So that's not a full help. But if you feel, oh, that there's one here yeah. somewhere, you can just ping it. So it's really good. So um, Crackdown 2. Um, I don't feel it was a $60 worth. Mm. I feel that it's the kind of game that will probably show up for like half that price in a few weeks. Because a Doesn't lot even of people... Doesn't even sound like a $30 game. A lot of people will unload it. No, if I, if I, I say if you had the choice, and I am having fun with it just because I'm a fan of that series. But if you've not played the first one, I've seen the first one online this week for $10. That's a bargain, you know? Because, I mean, it's an older game, but it looks the same. It's the same game, really. Um, Second thing I've been doing this week is I cleaned out my PC. Um, It was... He doesn't uh, mean clean out, like, get rid of files. He means clean out, like... I did that as well. Open it and open it. Open the side panel and take out the hard drive. I don't do it very often, but I needed... uh, The second thing on that is one of my hard drives was failing this week. It started making this funny noise, so I had to order a new hard drive. My eyes are uh, making funny faces at you. I had to order this new hard drive, and while I was removing the old one and installing the new one, I realized how much dust was in there and decided to give it a thorough clean inside. It's perfect now. It's like brand new. And if there was an Ace Gully video game, dust would be your arch nemesis. Yes. You hate dust. So I took all the fans out of the case. I got them and wiped them all down with a wet cloth so there's no no dust on anything. Charming. Took all the hard, old hard drives out, put the new one in, tightened everything up. It's all, all. There's not a bit of dust in there anymore. Feels, I feel like it's better and it feels better, you know. Hmm. Like obviously your PC can breathe better with less dust in the fans. But mine wasn't particularly bad. It doesn't get really bad in here. No, our house isn't very dusty. And we have filters on the cases. And they're both sitting on the floor. Yeah, well, they're up a little bit. But yeah, but I mean they're on the floor. But there is a hole underneath, like a ventilation hole that goes straight up. So you think it would. I'll be going up there all the time. But no, they don't get that bad. But um, yeah, I had to replace the hard drive because my other one failed. I think it was four years old. Anyway, it was just out of warranty. I went and had a look. So um, I ended up buying a one terabyte drive for $55, which is crazy. Things have really... Yeah. Took a load to... um, I installed it and everything's working good. So that was my second thing. And third thing this week is another game I've been playing. It's a PC game called Puzzle Dimension. And it's an indie game. And it's like... It's really hard to explain. It's like Marble Madness. Do you ever, have you ever remember that game? No. You're a ball on a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, tilty thing. Tilty board. Well, this isn't a tilty board. That's the actual twist. There's, It's like a board and there's a, it's a grid. And there's different squares. 
and there's sunflowers growing in particular areas on the board. Now you move your ball with the arrow keys. Now there's no time limit and when you press arrow key right your ball moves one square to the right. It's not like a rolling ball. Mm. So you have no time limit and the puzzle is you collect the flowers and get to the exit. Now that sounds easy because at first it is. You roll to one flower, roll to the other flower, go to the exit. The second level introduces like is this the new game you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Why? I thought you were back to Marble Madness. No, the second game that it introduces, like, there's tiles on the floor that you can only roll over once. Ah, and right. then they disappear. So you have to think, oh, there's a flower there, there's a flower there. I've got to make sure when I go for that one, I leave myself a route back. Right, right. So, and then it gets more and more... You, I think you might like it. Yeah, might. It's all in 3D. You can actually spin the camera. And, like, it gets insane. Like... It gets to the point where you're going upside down, around, gravities are pulling you down. You've just, but the basic premise is collect the flowers and get to the exit. Um, it's an indie game, it's available on Steam. Um, it's got a lot of levels, like a thousand levels. Wow. But it's fun. I, I think you might like it. It's got this weird visual style, like 8-bit, but like brand new graphics at the same time. This weird pixel, it's hard to explain, but it looks really... If you've ever seen the game... What is that game called? The, there's a game on the PS3 called like 8-Bit Heroes or something. And it's got this weird uh, like 8-Bit look. When when you hit stuff, everything breaks into pixels. And, and Yeah, well, this has that same look. So um, that's Puzzle Dimension, and that's everything for me for this week. Fine. For me, first thing is, what's for dinner? We're going to have um, mushroom-vegetable combo in a wrap. I don't know what all vegetables are going there, but I didn't know we have a big mushroom. And some fried onions. I'm going to make some more barley with peas and carrots in it. It was really delicious. I've only ever had barley in soup. It's really delicious. I mean, I made it last yesterday before I went to... Yeah, well, it's... I don't even know how to describe it. It's barley, right? I've had it in soup. You know, like a... Just on its own, I put a little, like a handful of frozen peas and carrots and corn in there and let it cook in it. Cooked for like 20 minutes. It's in then salt and pepper. It's like lentils, right? Like Um, little... No, it's grain. Right. It's not a... But, I mean, it's delicious. It totally could be used for rice or whatever. I mean, it sounds weird. Like, I'm sure many people eat it all the time. I've never eaten it, and it's really delicious, so I'm going to make some of that. And... Brussels? Brussels. I'm not there yet. The reason, I was just saying to you, right before we started here, you know, economic downturn of the whole planet. And the reason is, and I'm telling the whole world now, the problem is everybody got too big for their britches. Everybody. Oh, trousers. Britches. That's the saying. You get too big for your britches. Everybody overspent, got cocky, self-indulgent. The whole world. Everybody. I don't care how poor you were. Somewhere along the line, everybody expected and wanted and grabbed too much. And it always comes back to bite you in the ass. That's just the way it is. So keep that in mind. When you're all whining about the economics. On what? Somewhere down the line, it's... It's some. It's it's because we just get too greedy. You know what, what does I mean? the little white text say? I the little make... white text says the thing. The saying is, if someone is too big for their britches, they are conceited and have an exaggerated, ex, um, exaggerated Import. sense of their own importance. Correct. And that is precisely what I mean. Everybody did. Every company that's falling apart. Every country that's falling apart. You get too full of yourself. Every government leader. 
Everybody. Even people living in your house with your stupid credit card and buying a car you can't afford and you only have a certain job but you decide to overspend and now you're kicking yourself in the ass because you might lose your job. Well, it's because you spent too much money. Or you right. had too many kids. You know what I mean? So stop bitching. <laughs> That's like the bottom line here. Just get on with it. Ugh. And uh, the next thing is, speaking of spending some money, I decided the other day when I bought some cookies... Because I buy cookies like Oh, every is that week. what they call? Yeah, Brussels from Pepperidge Farms. I thought you were talking about sprouts. Oh my god, they're so delicious. Like a really fine kind of... It's a real thin, thin. crispy, crunchy, with a little bit of chocolate in the middle. So delicious. I mean, Brussels. you only need like... Uh, to me, I'd eat one and I was like totally satisfied. Then, of course, a couple hours later, another one. Um, and then the Wasa Crisp Breads. Because yeah. we saw Jamie uh, Oliver on a show the other nah. day in like Switzerland, was he? Yeah. Sweden, Sweden, and they were making these crisp breads that I never heard of or seen. And you said, "Oh, my grandma always had them. They're like little rectangles." Rivitas. If you're British, Rivita. you'll know what Rivita is. And so I thought, mm, "Well, see if they have this because they looked really tasty." And I found these Wasa brand ones at our store. I got the sesame flavor, and they're del- I mean, it's crispy and toasty tasting. Yeah, I it's love like it. it's really hard to explain because it's. Why is my section all about food? Some people say, oh, these (laughs) taste like stale bread or whatever, but no. Oh, no. I don't think they do. A lot of people don't like them. You might let them go stale, but they're really crispy and so delicious. I was really impressed. I Uh, like that Rivita make a little tin on their site. Yeah, you can buy them. You can put them in to keep them fresh. (laughs) It's only $3.99. It would be $7. Can you buy Rivitas here? Or would they not? I don't think so. You might be able to order them. Because they do taste different to what you've got. Good word. Yeah. Or Amazon, Maybe. I bet. Maybe, Amazon yeah. would have them because they're big. Um, and then, you know, some things I've just been hearing. hear a lot of people mention, like, oh, we can't do our podcast anymore because we're not making any money. Or I'm going to have to find a way to make money with this podcast or I can't do it anymore. And I don't understand that. Like, do you really think your time is that valuable? That the hour and a half or two hours that you spend talking about a video game or vegan cooking or vegetarian cooking or art or whatever it is if you thought your time was that valuable to begin with why did you take the time to do a podcast i just get sick of it like if you're doing it for money for a business fair enough but if you've been doing it like us you do it for fun you do it because it's just a a thing you do right like it's part of our week ritual it's a fun thing to i don't know it's just a fun thing to do yeah it is fun if you've been doing it that way and then all of a sudden you're pissing and moaning because you can't make money off of it. Then just stop. Don't tell me about it. Don't tell me every week because I listen to a couple. I just stop listening. I just unsubscribe because I'm like, what are you trying to I've never make heard me that feel said. obligated to what, you? What podcast is this? Just a couple of cooking ones and then an art one. You right. know, I've never like, heard it said. It's like, well, I've just been doing this so long now and I can't find a way to monetize it. And if I can't, I mean... I have a PayPal button on my site, but, you know, if people don't respond, um, I can't really invest the time well, anymore. It's like, fuck it. off. Then just stop doing it. Yeah, yeah See fuck off. <laughs> First of all, don't just stop doing it. Or do a last podcast and say... Nobody the, claim my PayPal time. button and that's what well, I want. Well, no, yeah, just, um, you know, this takes a lot of time and effort for me and I don't enjoy it anymore. So I'm done. And then don't do it again. I don't care. You know, you not being in my life, it's not valuable enough to me. To send you a dollar to it. Yeah, like, so the podcast thing, I wonder how that's going to evolve. Because are there podcasts that charge money? That you know of? Uh, Not that I know of. 
Yeah, sure Ricky Gervais are. tried to turn his into a pay per listen, right? And that and it did work for him. He turned it into an audio book and sold it on Audible. Well, that's not the same thing then. That's not the same thing as every week you sit down for every an hour. Every week. He, he did. He Still does it? No. But when he did, he brought, he brought out a new podcast every week, which was an hour of them doing this thing. But instead of putting it up for free, he put it on Audible as an audio book each week. Said it was an audio book. For like a dollar or something? I think it was five dollars for, for the season. Oh, right. Six, six episodes. <laughs> well, then they made the cartoon of it. Yeah. Is, are those the ones? I don't know. No. But anyway, I'm just saying. To That's any- the only person I know who charges. Now, there's people like Leo Laporte who does podcasts every day, every hour of the day as far as I can tell. He does a lot of podcasts where he doesn't. you don't have to pay for them, but he says, like, if you want to leave a donation, come to our page and leave a donation. Which I think's fine. If you enjoy it and you feel like you want to leave one, leave one. Don't I have don't to. Know. I don't need to be told, though. That really he doesn't really me. say it in the show. It does say it on the website, though. Right. If you want to leave us something, you can. Because our server costs are this much or whatever. Because I can assure you that if we dropped off the face of podcasting world because we decided, for whatever reason... The world is not going to fall apart. No. Some people will miss it and some yeah. people Yeah. And if you... I just don't get the mentality. This goes on to my next topic of making art for money. Yes. If that's your mm-hmm. goal is to make art and sell it, and a lot of people do, fair enough. But then there's this... You know, and then there's people like me. I just can't... I listen to a couple of podcasts where the artists who have do their own work, as they say, my work, <laughs> and then they do work, work for paying clients and whatnot. And it's like, it's as if you are, like, stabbing him in the eyeball with a fork every minute of this, when they're talking about how horrible it is and how they have to compromise and how, you know, it's just not worth it. Well, then don't do it. (laughs) You know, like, I just really get tired of that shit. Like, you know, don't turn the thing that you think you love into a moneymaker, because I'm going to tell you now, advice of a lifetime, money is not what life is about. And yes, I've been broke. I've been dirt broke, poor, no money, $2 a week to live on my own in a place where I was completely alone. I didn't die from it. It wasn't fun, but I didn't die from it. And, you know... Oh, I don't know. I just think lately a lot of people and the ones I listen to keep mentioning it and mentioning it. And it just kind of got on my nerves. So ours is free. It's going to be free. Mm-hmm. Even if you stop doing it and I keep doing it, it'll be free. And because I, and it's I don't fun. want you to donate anything because I don't even have a button. Absolutely not. It's, <laughs> don't have a button. Don't contribute anything. In fact, you can go to the site and win a DVD or, you know, just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. If you don't like doing what you're doing, don't I've do it. I've not encountered it. The nearest I've encountered it is that Ricky Gervais show that went pay only and Leo Laporte asking for money on the site. But if you never went to the site, you just subscribed to him, you would never know about that. So I don't think that's bad. No. You know, I'm sure his, his operation costs money. Because yeah, if he doesn't sit there with his hand in his head every week go, well, guys, you know. It's just, no, he never. This takes never. me a lot of time and a lot of effort, and you're just listening for free. So I guess Kevin Smith, that was another thing, kind of the, when they mentioned it in uh, the Steve Dave one, that from now on, when Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier do a live pot, smodcast, like on a stage in front of a crowd, if that crowd, if every ticket in that venue hasn't sold out, they will not. Put it put on the it, internet. Put it on for, for download, yeah. For anybody. Mm. 
He's like, yeah, if I'm going to do it, you know. I mean, that's so, like kind of a shady thing. And then kind say. of encouraging, you know, like, even if you can't come, buy a ticket, man. Because if you don't, if we don't sell out, you're not going to Yeah, I don't it. like that, attitude. And I was like, oh, man, you're, I don't get, you're sitting You're already like, getting the money from the people who do come. Yeah. What's the difference about putting it up online? Because he's like, we don't want people getting the shit for free. But I mean, well, you've been doing it for free for two years, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't. And the way he makes it sound, I don't know, it's just one of those things that kind Obviously, of. Obviously, Kevin is into monetizing because. The reason that flashlight came about yeah, yeah. is not just to pay for the server and the guy. No, no. It'll make more money than that. You know it will. I mean, for somebody like Kevin Smith to talk about that every week, that's a money deal of, sure, sure. of big money. It's not just we'll give you a little bit of well, money. Well, I don't know how big flashlight is. We they're they're talk very about big, it. flashlight. Right. Yeah, very. Like, this isn't a commercial, by the way. No, we don't, <laughs> we don't advocate the flashlight. I don't advocate screwing a piece of rubber plastic. I just say so. get a flashlight and screw that. It's cheaper. <laughs> With the battery in it, like a little and the bulb. <laughs> but watch out for the broken glass. You know, <laughs> I don't know. So um, yeah, you know, there's big money going on there. I believe that Kevin Kevin Smith's about money at the end of the day. He okay. makes movies. Um, it's not art. No, he doesn't make cop out because it's for art. He makes cop out because Bruce Willis is in it and it make money and he'll get some. That's kind of off topic, but fair enough. Well, I'm saying it's no, it's about monetizing making art just do it maybe yeah you well, can't everybody can't just do it and you can't just go and make a movie I guess I mean if I had my choice I would draw every day all day of my life and sell them to people who look at the drawing and say I will pay you for that to hang in my home or my office or wherever and then they toddle off and they've paid me for it and that's fine but I don't want to make a living of someone coming up to me and go well I like this one but can you do another one where the branch is a little lower mm. and this is a little different color and because it doesn't whatever I mean I don't mind that wanting to fit in but I couldn't function that way so I don't do that for a living that's right. my point I'm not going to piss and moan about it which means complain by the way if you're not from the country <laughs> pissing and moaning means you're complaining <laughs> mm-hmm. which is what I'm doing right now but you know I know myself and I don't want to be moping around all the time going People don't pay me enough for my artwork, and I should really be appreciated, and it takes so much time, and ugh, you know? I'm going to be dead someday. Money is not going to be on my mind when I'm about to die. And if it is, I deserve to die. They say you can't take it with you. Can't take it with you, and you, you know? You can take it with you. You could say, I want it all in my coffee. <laughs> Cash in everything I've got. Stick it all it in my coffee. I'm going to be buried, so yeah. you have to burn it up with I'm me. I'm sure some people do that. Oh, I'm sure somebody does. I bet does. they do. Like, just to be... Like a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> guess what, kids? You know, getting none of me money. It's gonna be taking it with me. I yeah. am taking it with. All right, so uh, that's my my bitching and moaning for the day. So thanks for listening to the show this week. Um, we will uh, be sending you each a bill. The reason this show <laughs> the reason this show is early this week, by the way, is it's my birthday tomorrow, and uh, we decided we would go and watch Predators, which Correct. is um, I believed was Robert Rodriguez's. Um, Predator, but he doesn't direct it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I only found that out today. Um, it's Troublemaker Studios, who mm-hmm. um, Robert Rodriguez's own production company, but it's uh, a different di- director. But Robert Rodriguez is in charge of the project, so I guess you could say it is Robert Rodriguez's Predators. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's the it's not a reboot. It's the third in the Predator series, which I'm excited about because I don't want a reboot. I want the story to continue. Yeah, I want everybody to and be aware what this of is what about. they're doing. Because yeah. I loved Predator. I mean, this is a sequel I mean, I can't, to Predator 2. I can't explain why, but when I saw it, at the age I saw it, I saw it 
I had to be 50 times. I mean, I watched it over and over, and I don't know why. I have no idea. I just was compelled by it, and it's weird and creepy and gory and very masculine and shit, but still, I just really dug it. And the, and the gubernator was in it. The, the governor. So yeah, we will go and watch uh, Predators tomorrow and we'll tell you about it next week. And, so happy birthday. And maybe tell you about... Do you know that I love you very much? Thank you. And maybe tell you about our fun um, cinema experience. I'm glad that you were born. So am I. But if you had never been born, I don't know that I would have noticed, but... That's like Hudson I'm glad Time Machine. That you... <laughs> my mom you always, my mom always shudders when you say that. Like, mom, you know, you wouldn't miss me if I'd never been born. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> you know, I was like, but you but wouldn't. You, you just brought it all back to Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I did. You did. Da, da, da. So Wait. there you go. Hot tub time machine. That was, that was the Birthday. episode. So, um, yeah. How old are you? Uh, I'm 48. No, you're not. 41. Woo, woo! You've entered the decade with me. The 40s of your life. Yeah, well, I, I already was in the 40s. I've yeah. been 40 for a whole year. <laughs> All right, so I'm um, 41 years old tomorrow. Happy birthday to me. Go Maybe me. Maybe now, if it's after midnight. It is. Well, I am already happy 41. Happy birthday. Thank Aww. you. Alright, so thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about the website, sayscully.com and sidtalk.com. You can also catch us both on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, that'll be twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk. Same with Facebook, but not with Twitter, if you know what I mean. Uh, you can catch <laughs> us both on Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store. Or just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe, listen right on the page. Do what you do. Um, you can email me at ascully at ascully.com um, or ascully at birthdayboy.com. <laughs> or you can... Try it. Yeah. <laughs> right, I don't know where that will go. Or you can... Um, e- no, you can't email SidTalk at SidTalk.com. Um, and I want to say uh, stay classy... Um, Lorraine Hayes for making my lovely husband so many years ago. Yeah. And, um, you weren't my husband when you were born, I'm just saying. <laughs> no. This all goes back to Hot Tub Time Machine again. <laughs> Doesn't it? If you think about some of the Go stuff. Go back in time. And I'm going to say, uh, think for yourself, everybody. If you don't, somebody will do it for you. 